So I was thinking of what would I say before Shavuot on Sunday, but today. And then, thank you. And I was thinking, what would I say about revival? How do I prepare? How do I prepare? And so, I think what the Lord was saying to me is, there are two things that will help your preparation. And both of them involve being clean before the Lord. So the first one is reconciliation, and the second one is repentance. And both of those will lead to revival because we will be getting closer to God. You know, reconciliation means it's, it's the act of becoming friendly again or, again or coming into an agreement. And though it seems hard with people, sometimes it just seems so hard to reconcile with people. And it's so hard to repent about things that we've done wrong. But that's, sin is that way. You know, sin is easy. And in the beginning, in, at the moment, it feels good, which is why we sin. It's hard to stop, but it leads to death. And righteousness, doing good things for the Lord, is hard sometimes. It doesn't always feel good. But when it becomes a habit, it leads to life and it leads to joy. So I'd like to look at these two things this evening. First of all, let's look at reconciliation. Too often, we're not in contact with a family member or someone who was a friend, and they did something or we did something. And for whatever reason, there is separation. I know that there are some people from my high school and college years who don't want to hear from me or, or even some relatives who I haven't seen in years and years and years because I'm a believer. But I still reach out to them. We think it's their problem sometimes that caused it and we're in the right, so why should we reach out? However, according to sin, if we don't reach out, we will be in sin. Makes me think of Matthew, uh, I believe it's 5, where it says uh, that if we're going to present our offering to the Lord, go to the person if somebody has a problem with us and make it right and then place your offering to the Lord. Because of our sin, it separates us from God. It keeps us from revival. We see this in Isaiah 59 too. But God explains and models for us reconciliation. And we see it in 2 Corinthians 5. So let's look at these verses. Starting with verse 18. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself 
through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So of all the things that God has ever given us a ministry of, this is the only one actually, and it's of reconciliation. And it makes sense because one of the two most important commandments is to love our neighbor as ourselves. So we have this ministry of reconciliation, and, and this is what it's supposed to look like. Verse 19, that is, in Messiah God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Oh, how many times do we read this in Scripture? about not counting somebody else's trespasses and holding it against them. And he has entrusted the message of reconciliation to us, which is crazy, isn't it? We do such a bad job at reconciliation, and now he's entrusting the message to us. Well, what is God thinking? We're therefore ambassadors for Messiah as though God were making his appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Messiah. And then it says, be reconciled to God. And when we are reconciled, we won't be reconciled to God if we're not reconciled to man. Those two work together. That's why they're the two greatest commandments. They're intertwined. And it means that we don't count the present or past sins having to do with reconciliation doesn't mean we ignore them. doesn't mean we condone them. It just means we don't count them when it comes to reconciliation. Our agreement to accept Yeshua seals the deal with the Lord. But when we offer to be reconciled with a person, with someone, it's proof that we love God. We, again, like Yeshua, we, we forgive past sins. It's loving our neighbor as ourselves. And the beauty of reconciliation is that it brings you and I freedom and the opportunity to feel good. It is very well linked with forgiveness. And with forgiveness and reconciliation, when we do this, as a part of our worship to God, the people who we've reconciled and forgiven no longer take space up in our brain. We don't have them messing with our head. The enemy loves to use that kind of thing in our head, and we now have abundant life. Reconciliation also is the heart of Messiah. If we don't reconcile, we certainly need repentance in our heart. God is very clear that believers have to behave differently than those who don't have a biblical compass. It is the light of Yeshua that we reflect that overcomes darkness. What overcomes the darkness is our words and our behavior. Knowing God is not enough. So moving on to repentance, because I think that one, for me, at this moment, there's a stronger need to talk about repentance. Repentance is 
recognition of our sin. It's being remorseful of our sin. It's renunciation of our sin. And then it's returning to God. You do the first three without the fourth, and it is not repentance. The act of repentance is an amazing gift of God. The more we repent, the cleaner and better we feel. Acts 3, 19 and 20. Repent, therefore, and return so your sins might be blotted out. So times of relief might come from the presence of Adonai. And he might send Yeshua the Messiah appointed for you. Times of relief. I, I just picture the wind blowing and the, there's just this feeling of relief because my sins have been blotted out. Why is repentance a gift? Let's look at some scripture. 2 Peter 3.9 The Lord's not slow in keeping his promise as some considered slow, slowness. Rather, he is being patient toward you not wanting anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. He wants everybody to repent. It's not just a few of us. He wants everybody to repent. Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you be immersed in the name of Messiah Yeshua for the removal of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. Now, I don't want to get into a whole uh, discussion about what that actually means. Do we get it at, when we believe in Yeshua, or do we get it when we repent, and, and so on? But just take this at face value. There is something about repenting that at the very least makes the gift within us stronger if you, because God is, is, is saying that you need to repent and, and you'll have this gift. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I just think it's one of the more amazing things when God purifies us from all unrighteousness. And part of that is based on repenting. True repentance is when you reorient your life from self to God. You're saying that you're willing to change and you're willing to be changed. It's like a restoration of the results of the fall in Genesis 3. In Hebrew scriptures, repentance usually refers to a change of action or behavior. In the New Covenant, repentance usually refers more to a change of mind. However, just like both of the books are required for Scripture, both of these types of repentance are required to satisfy God biblically. And that's why in, again, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is also an, you've, 
When, when you hear that verse, you realize that, that this kind of repentance is an ongoing process. You don't do it one time and say, thank you, Lord, that covers me for life. Repentance is an ongoing process because sin, unfortunately, is an ongoing process, and cleansing is an ongoing process. Revelation 2, 4 and 5, but this I have against you. Now, if you read the scriptures before he says this, it's all this glowing stuff. You think that this is the best congregation in the world. And then he says, but this I have against you, that you have forsaken your first love. Remember then where you have fallen. Repent and do the deeds you did at first. If not, I'll come to you and remove your menorah from its place unless you repent. So, <laughs> a couple things here. First of all, you can see that there is a process to this repentance. It's not a one-time thing. God's saying, repent like you used to repent when you first came to know me. And not only that, that if you don't, I'm going to take your light away. Ooh, that's pretty strong. In Amos 4, 6 through 11, it mentions a number of things. And then at the end it says, Yet you have not returned to me, declares Adonai. This is all through Scripture. What we need to do is repent. So in James 22 to 25, there is that Scripture. It's, it's a great Scripture. Be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deluding yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he looks at himself and goes away, he immediately forgets what sort of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect Torah, the Torah that gives freedom, and, and there I believe the Torah's definition is instruction, and continues in it, not becoming a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he shall be blessed in what he does. We have to hold up that mirror in front of us and see and look at how we say things, what we say, what our actions are. Look at the people's response to us so that we can get a signal that whoop, maybe we said something that wasn't so kosher. Now, I, granted, I understand. Some people think they do everything wrong and probably repent every minute of their lives. Have you met those people? You know, oh, oh I'm sorry. And, and they're, they're sorry for living. They're sorry for breathing. They're sorry for everything. We don't want that, right? Of course, on the other side of the pendulum, other people think they're fine and they never would think to say they're sorry because they're never sorry because they're always right. So, I have given you an insert. You don't have to look at it because it's going to be on the uh, PowerPoint. 
of 33, I don't know how I got that number, 33 possible areas that you could repent. So in other words, if you're going along in your life and you can't think of anything, any sin you have committed, I'm going to bet that at least five or ten of these 33 are for you. And we see here that I've broken them into categories. The first category um, has ten, and, and it starts out with fearing God because, you know, that's the beginning of wisdom, and uh, certainly loving God and trusting God. Uh, now, you have to do this slowly. I'm going to go through this fast, and I probably won't mention each one, but just stop with trusting God. You know how hard that is? That's something to repent about when we don't trust God. And most of us, look, we wouldn't be anxious if we trusted God all the time. So let's understand there is a lot that God wants us to clean up here. And so going through the 6 through 10, you can read those. I mean, even tithes and offerings are part of what God is asking us to do, whether it's that or our using our talents or being grateful, all of these things. Next section is regarding the Bible, the amount of time we spend in God's Word, reading and studying, and our use of Scripture and prayer, proclamation, memorization to overcome our issues and receive God's victory. So if you are not doing that, maybe that's something God wants you to do. And, and you know, uh, well, I think it's in James. Is it James 1 where it says um, sin is if you know something's wrong to you, that's sin. So if there's, you know, it might not be wrong for somebody else, but if it's wrong for you, that's sin. And then, of course, applying God's word to our hearts. Okay, going into regarding people, that's our largest topic because that's where we mess up the most. Uh, when we're talking about repenting, um, we can go from loving people to compassion to our words, our actions, our behavior, our generosity, our humility, preferring others first. Our willingness to forgive, our willingness to overlook an offense. By the way, that has got to be one of the biggies in our country today. Uh, everybody has to answer an offense. It is so annoying. Don't you find that annoying? I mean, it's annoying to hear the offense, and then it's annoying to hear the answer to the offense, and then it's annoying to hear the answer to the answer to the offense. <sighs> got to wear us out. Just let God do the answering for you. I don't know what we're going to do with our politicians. I mean, I used to think that they were going to be models for our kids. Now I think if, if my kids were at home, I wouldn't watch, allow them to watch the news. They can watch all the bad programming they want, but not the news. Because those are the models. Those are the people we're supposed to... Okay, never mind. I'm sorry. 
and respect right after that. My goodness, respect. Did you see the video? I know maybe you don't watch this stuff uh, on news. I did catch this, where this lady who identified herself later as a teacher just reamed out this policeman who stopped her for something. And I, I mean, just reamed him out. And her, his body cam was on, so the whole thing was on tape. Any rate, no respect. You know, uh, a year or two ago, uh, Pat and I were stopped in the car by a policeman. And we said, yes, sir. OK, sir. Got it, sir. Thank you, sir. Still gave us a ticket. But you know what? It was OK. You know, I obviously did something wrong, and which was I didn't go into the left lane, so I was in the right lane passing a policeman on the shoulder. Do you know that's a law? How many of you know that? Oh. I wonder if it happened in the same place with the same guy. At any rate, um, it's a move-over law. Exactly. I didn't even know about the move-over law. But you know what? What are you going to do? You have to respect somebody who's in authority over you. I mean, is this like, do we teach this anymore? Uh, I don't know. OK. Uh, judging others, that's, that's a big one. You know how judgmental we can be? And our ability to de be dependable, trustworthy, and loyal. That's a big one. I, I mean, they're all really. And then regarding ourselves, our thought life, our prayer life, our motivation for certain behaviors, our transparency, our integrity, our self-control, our discipline, our patience, slow to anger. A lot of these things dealing with ourself, not all of them, but a lot of them are only things that we can determine about ourselves because there are things we try and hide from others. So the more I understand what repentance is, the more I realize that repentance isn't something to be feared or something to feel is bad or that I'm bad if I have to repent. It actually is a gift from God. It's an amazing thing. Through repentance, God restores me, forgives me, purifies me. And so he takes my feeling of unworthiness away. If I believe in his word, if I believe in what he, you know, what it says in 1 John 1, 9. Zechariah 1, 3. Therefore tell them, uh, thus says Adonai Tzavoot, the Lord of hosts, return to me. It's a declaration of Adonai, and I will return to you. And it's repeated kind of in Malachi 3, 7, which actually is talking about the tithes and offerings. And it says, return to me, and I will return to you. The second reason that I understand this is a gift is because repentance brings more humility into my life. Because I understand that I am I, I'm not perfect, and, and I do things wrong. And for that, there's a certain amount of humility that is important for me. And that actually helps me respect authority. And it helps me do the right things and be righteous. You've got to be humble. And so if you're not humble, you're self-absorbed. 
but a humble person, the, the most humble, who obviously we know in Scripture was Moses. Moses wrote that down, by the way. But still, still, if you define humility by being completely dependent on the Lord, you know, Moses was pretty, uh, pretty dependent on the Lord. He had no choice. He had a million of crazy people yelling and screaming at him and telling him all these things. And, Lord, what do I do? You know, I, so he had to stay humble. Three, the devil flees when we repent. You know, last week we talked about the devil fleeing when we praise God. But this week I just want to mention that another way the devil flees is when we repent because he has no way to accuse us if we've been purified. And so he takes the accusation away. We, we take the accusation away, actually. And, and not only does he flee, but, but this spiritual battle we are engaged in, we're, we see that we're winning. And another part of that is number four, repentance. This is why it's a gift sets us free from guilt and shame. Now, if you have repented and still feel guilty and shameful, shame on you. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, they, just read the scripture that shows you that that is not scriptural. Because God is trying to remove the shame and the guilt. That's why he gives us this gift of repentance. And finally, number five, repentance helps us get closer to the abundant life and true revival. Look, we know in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but re repentance through Yeshua cleanses us. We see in Acts 11.18, when they heard this, they became quiet and they glorified God, saying, then even to the Gentiles, God is granted repentance leading to life. Now, the context of this, before you get scared, uh, is, is that Peter is reporting back that, hey, God wants us to go to the Gentiles, not just Jewish people. So that's where the context of where this is written. And it says, even to the Gentiles, God has granted repentance. See, repentance was this great gift. And we're allowing those who are not Jewish, to get this gift so they can be led to life. So look at repentance as a gift to you. A gift. And, and we see that even in our relationship with our spouse. When we repent, there is a spirit of peace. There is a spirit of calmness. There is a spirit of love that can invade where no love could even come because we were at each other. And that obviously has to do with reconciliation as well. John 10.10 10 says, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Let's pray right now for reconciliation and repentance to be a gift 
in our quiver of gifts. God has given us so many gifts, but some we don't even realize are gifts. And so I'd like to pray. Well, let's pray. In the name of Yeshua, I pray that each person here, each person who hears my voice on Facebook Live, understands the gift that God wants to give you and me this evening. The gift of reconciliation, which brings people together. The gift of repentance, which also brings people together. And Lord, that's what revival is all about coming to you, coming closer to you. And so I cry out to you for each person, O oh Lord, to feel in the depths of their being, to feel revived because they have gotten these gifts from you, which they will use for the glory of your kingdom, Father. They will repent they will reconcile and then they will see the glory of the Lord. Lord, I bless you and thank you for this. In the name of Yeshua.